Hi and welcome to St Ninian Sermons Podcast. My name is Stuart Cutler. I'm the Minister of St Ninians in Stonehouse. It's my pleasure to wish you all a very happy Easter. This week in worship we read Luke's account of the resurrection. So let's hear Joyce reading and then hear the sermon. first reading this morning is from Luke 23 verses 55 to 56 and then reading on from Luke 24 verses 1 to 12. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. On the first day of the week Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, "'Why do you look for the living among the dead?' He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. As the light of day climbed high into the sky and the women walked to the tomb, they were weary. Weary with crying and heavy with despair. They walked silently with the numbness of mourning. On Friday they had watched Jesus being taken down from the cross. Joseph of Arimathea had taken the dead body and carried it to a new tomb. And they'd watched as he placed it inside. And stood there as the stone was rolled across the entrance. And now they had come to complete the burial rituals. They brought ointment to embalm and spices to cover the smell of death and decay. Tombs are sites of memory. They still are. We still visit the graves of those whom we loved, marked with a stone, an indelible monument. And we bring flowers and tokens of our love. The women had come to this place to begin They're remembering. Jesus' body would lie here for a year until nothing but bones and dust remained. And they would visit regularly. They would bring more spices. They would keep a vigil at his side because that was what was expected. And in a year, they would take those bones and they would bury them and then return to whatever would pass for normal life in the wake of all that had happened. As their footsteps draw near to the tomb, they weren't ready for the discovery. 
They weren't ready to see that the stone had rolled away. And they certainly weren't ready to find the tomb empty. The body not there. And of course they were shocked and anxious and more than a little bit afraid. And they were surprised. Two men in glowing garments stood before them and asked, Why do you look for the living among the dead? And they were stupefied into silence. Not sure who these men even were. Or able to trust what they were suggesting. Because how could it be true? Do you mean that Jesus is alive? How could that be true? They'd watched his body being taken from the cross and placed in this tomb. And then the men spoke again and reminded them of what Jesus himself had told them. And they had forgotten. In the pain of mourning, his death, they had forgotten his promise that he would rise again. But how could it be true? Could he really be alive? And if it was true, well, where is he? Why is he not here? And so they fled. They ran this time back to the disciples and told them everything that they'd seen. And the women find them and they tell their story. He's risen, he's alive, he's back, he's breathing, he's resurrected. Love has won. It's at this point in the sermon that there's usually an interesting Greek word. One that helps us to get deeper into the story. And I know some of you really like this bit. And some of you don't. The women remembered his words and they returned from the tomb and told these things to the eleven disciples and all the rest. The women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James. And there were among other, other women among them, and they told these things to the apostles. But the apostles thought that what the women said was nonsense, and they didn't believe them. So the Greek word there is leros. Leros. It makes an appearance towards the end of our reading. Um, it says nonsense. Right? In some versions it says an idle tale. And that's absolutely the PG version of what that word means. It's a bad word. And it means, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> it means they really, really, really thought the story was an absolute pile of <laughs> nonsense. It's the word that we get delirious from. They thought the women were out of their minds. They thought they were delirious and that their story was absolute garbage they just don't believe them the disciples just don't believe them the men don't believe them because well that's not their experience the men haven't been to the tomb they haven't seen the stole that's been, stone that's been rolled away. They haven't seen two men in really shiny clothes. They haven't heard what they had to say. And because of that, they refused to believe. And worse, they belittled the women. They told them their story was garbage. It was made up. It was nonsense. And that's what we do, isn't it? We're suspicious when people tell us things 
that are unusual, unexpected, outside of our own experience. We think they're just making it up. And to be fair to the women, they tell their story. And to be fair to the men, it's quite a story, isn't it? We went to tend to Jesus' body and he'd been beaten up and hung on a cross and he died and we saw it and the soldier pierced his side with a spear and they took him down and they wrapped him up and they put him in the tomb and they put a stone over and we went this morning just to make sure that everything was okay and he's gone. Well, where is he? Would be the question that comes next. Oh, we don't know. No wonder they think the story is rubbish. In John's Gospel, Jesus appears to Mary and she thinks he's the gardener. But in Luke's story, he's just gone. He's not there. And that leaves us with some work to do, just as it left those women some work to do. We, like them, have forgotten what Jesus said to them. We, like them, have come to the tomb to begin our remembrance. And perhaps, like them, we've already forgotten. When the women are at the tomb, two men jog their memory. Why are you looking for the dead among the living? He's not here. He's been raised. Remember what he said to you while you were in Galilee. It's so very easy to stop our story at the cross. We end up speaking of Jesus as dead and broken and crucified. And on Friday, our words, our words run out because there's nothing left to say. But today we have new words. Vibrant, vivid, laughing, living, resurrected words. And we have to learn to speak them in a new way and give them to the world. A world which is so bound up in death, they need our new words. Words like hope, and grace, and light, and faith, and love. Each word filled with the promise of resurrection, filled with alleluias. Luke's resurrection story begs a question of us. Where do we find the risen Jesus today? We're not invited into a theory. We're not invited into an explanation, just like those women who, in reality, found nothing at all. Just an empty tomb. There was nothing there. We're not invited into a theory of why that is, or even into their account of what had happened. We are invited into faith. Our faith. Not someone else's faith. Your faith. In the stations of the cross, there are 13 stations. The 13th station is the tomb. There's no 14th station. Because how could resurrection have a station? It can't be tied to a time or a place because the risen Christ is out there. Our job, your job and my job, is to go out there and seek the risen Christ. To go out there or even sometimes to come in here and to look for him in faith. But faith is a risk. 
Faith is a risk because it may not be true. Faith is a risk because the only way to find out if it is true is to jump in. This resurrection story is your story and my story. This resurrection story is our story together. The resurrection is a story that we all experience differently because each of us lives our own life and each of our lives is different. You have all experienced resurrection in your life. You've all encountered the risen Christ and your life has been changed by that experience. And that's different for each and every one of us. I think it's brilliant that Luke doesn't present us with the risen Christ straight away. Because if he did, in some ways that takes away something from the faith that those women showed. They believed. They believed even though they hadn't seen him yet. They believed that they would encounter him at some point when it was time. When the time was right for them they would encounter the risen Christ in a time and a way that was right for each one of them. From now, it was enough. It was enough to know that resurrection was real. Even the disciples, those chosen few who had been with him from the beginning, who'd seen everything close up, who'd heard everything that he had to say, and even had some of it explained to them, those who had been picked, chosen, didn't believe it. And that's how it is with resurrection. It takes a while to sink in, to get past the shock and the awe, to move past the surprise of the news, and to go and see for yourself. Peter, not for the first time, is the first to throw himself in. He jumps up and runs out the door and finds himself in an empty tomb. And when they remembered his words, when they remembered his words, they brought a whole new understanding. A whole new understanding of new life. Not just for Jesus, but for us. We thought you were dead. We thought the cross was the end. We thought that when the stone was rolled over the tomb, that was it. But this is it. The dead are living. The cross is empty. The stone has been rolled away. And one word describes it all. Alleluia. Christ is risen. We thought you'd said your final word. We thought those with the power had won. We thought that when you cried out, that was it. But this is it. The word breathes. The powers are defeated. That final cry was only the beginning. And one word says it all. Alleluia. Christ is risen. We thought the story was finished. We thought that hope had ended. We thought that the tomb was sealed and that was it. 
But this is it. The story's only just begun. Hope is only newly born. The tomb is empty, and one word says it all. Christ has risen. Alleluia. This is the moment. Christ is alive. This is the gospel. Christ is with us. And when we thought that he'd been crucified and death had defeated life, and that was it. But death is defeated. The light has returned. Love wins. Christ is risen. Alleluia. We join to sing. At the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find us on Facebook at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse and on Twitter at St Ninian's Stonehouse. You can find out all the other great stuff we're up to. If you're passing and want to join us in person, we meet for worship every Sunday at 11am. We'd love to see you.